Welcome back to the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Kyle Brown. Today I am here with Dr. Micah Woods of the Asian Turfgrass Center, and he's joining me today to continue our discussion of sustainability on the golf course. Now we had started this discussion with Dr. Wendy Glertner talking about sustainability on the golf course, and today we're going to take a different angle on that a little bit to focus in on potassium. As an input, this is something that we use pretty commonly but it's something that we really need to keep in mind when we're actually looking at sustainability on the course. Dr. Woods has a lot to say about this. So how are you doing today, Dr. Woods? I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me, Kyle. It's great to have you. Now, and this is something that you have talked about before, too, but we're going to start off by going to your blog. You mentioned that you've written on your blog about controversial soil testing guidelines being broken, and mm -hmm. potassium is one of the things that you really focused in on. Could you tell me why that is? There's a couple reasons why I've looked at potassium so much. It makes a good example because it's the element that's used by turfgrass plants in the second largest quantities, second only to nitrogen. So it's obviously a very important element for, for turfgrass. And I also happened to do my graduate research at Cornell University, where I worked with Dr. Frank Rossi. I did a lot of research there about soil testing and about nutrient availability, and a lot of that was focused on potassium. So it's something it's both a very important element and it's also something that I'm relatively familiar with. So when I'm talking about conventional soil testing guidelines and talking about them being broken, I find it very easy to talk about potassium because what we find when we look at those guidelines is what is usually recommended for turf grass and especially for turf grass that's grown in sand root zones, which is what we usually find uh, putting greens to be, would be a, a sandy type root zone. The recommended guidelines, if we look at the conventional guidelines, are generally higher than what's actually required. And so we end up having all these recommendations for potassium, but I strongly suspect that a lot of those potassium applications aren't actually necessary. I find it something that's very interesting to talk about for those reasons. Specifically, when we come to potassium, you're saying that those recommendations aren't actually, they're much higher than what would actually be required for the plant. What problems do we encounter when too much potassium is applied to turf? To answer that easily, we don't actually see a lot of problems. And so because of that, it's easy for the recommendations to continue being too high because if we over-apply potassium, we mm. don't see a lot of problems with the grass. It's, it's not something that's really an environmental problem like too much nitrogen or too much phosphorus. If we apply too much of those and they get into the groundwater or get into the surface water, they will cause some problems. Potassium doesn't actually really cause a problem. But I will argue that when it comes to sustainability, it's a pretty important issue because we waste money buying potassium that's not necessary. We would waste time applying potassium that's not necessary. We would waste fuel from uh, the application equipment used to spread the potassium on, on the turf. If we water in a potassium application, we're using water. So if we're over-applying something that's not necessary, there's a number of ways that that's not as sustainable as we could be because we're using more inputs that are necessary. Now, just to take a quick aside for a second, you, you say we don't directly see the problems if there's too much potassium. When we're saying this, is it more we don't see a visible change in the turf, or is it just something that happens more under the soil? If we apply too much potassium, what happens is it leaches. 
and so we'll end up applying more potassium than the grass can take up. We would end up applying more potassium than could be held in the soil, and because of that, the only place for that extra potassium to go is just into the drainage water. But it's not a pollutant in that sense. It doesn't really cause any problems with the grass. It doesn't cause a problem with the water. It's just a pure waste of resources, <laughs> which, which I don't like to see that because golf course superintendents are often needing a number of things. So we might need more equipment or we might need more sand for top dressing or various things that cost money and we really need. And I hate to see money and effort allocated to something that's that's not necessary, which is why I really am interested in, a, in applying potassium in a sustainable way. Now, if I could just add one more thing, there's a few hints that uh, adding potassium in relatively large amounts, like three times more than nitrogen or four times more than the amount of nitrogen, which is, it's not unheard of to apply that much, but it's, it's rare. But if we would apply that much extra potassium, in my research we saw a hint that uh, creeping bentgrass roots were reduced at higher potassium levels. We did see statistically significant increases in gray snow mold when we applied higher rates of potassium compared to no potassium or low rates of potassium. And there's been continuing research at Cornell University by Dr. Dave Moody who found that there's some association with higher potassium and uh, more susceptibility to snow mold. And then I was just reading a paper last week where on Bermuda grass there was more bipolaris leaf spot and more dollar spot when a higher rate of potassium was applied. So if we get really too high, there's a chance that we could get a few problems. The golf course superintendents will be concerned about uh, the risk of having too little also. So uh, potassium is second only to nitrogen in the percentage that is found in the turf grass leaves. So it's very important to get it right because too little is going to be a problem, but too much could also be a problem. Let's talk a little bit about this in terms of practicality then. How can a golf course superintendent be more sustainable in how they manage their potassium and still get that amount right? That's a very good question, and, and I think I have a good answer for that. And that's the minimum levels for sustainable nutrition, or MLSN guidelines, that I developed last year in conjunction with Pace Turf. And that's something where we've identified a level of soil potassium at which as long as we have that much potassium in the soil, and right now that MLSN guideline for potassium is 35 parts per million, and we are very confident that if we have 35 parts per million potassium or more in the soil, as long as we maintain that much potassium or more in the soil, we're very confident that the grass will have access to enough potassium to perform at a very high level. And so we just have that simple cutoff if we're going to drop below that level, we need to apply more potassium. If we are at or above that level, then we don't. What we'll find is that MLSN guideline is 50%, sometimes 25% of what the conventional guidelines are. There's a number of research projects, and, and I've written about this on my blog. Uh, mm -hmm. There's one post titled, How Much Potassium Does Grass Require?, which was one of the top five most visited blog posts in the past year, and I listed in that post a number of research papers that have been done that show even though the conventional guidelines show that potassium is low, 
when you add more potassium, it actually had no benefit to the grass. And so that strongly suggests that the MLSN guideline of 35 parts per million, that new guideline seems to be much more accurate as far as being close to the real value as oh. opposed to the conventional guidelines. We're just a little bit outdated, I would say. If I would just summarize, I would say that adding too much potassium is unlikely to cause a visible problem with the grass, although it could increase some of the susceptibility to other diseases. For sure, it's, uh, if you add more potassium, it will reduce the calcium and the magnesium in the leaf. So there's, there's a number of things that it, that it will change, but the main thing that I would advise is to use the MLSN guidelines and just ensure that the soil potassium remains at or above that level. If you do that, you'll ensure that you're applying a, enough to provide the turf with enough potassium to perform very well, although at the same time you would avoid any unnecessary applications. Would you want to give the address for your website so the superintendents can do some follow-up research and see where you're coming from? AsianTurfGrass.com. Just go there. You'll easily mm -hmm. be able to track it down from there. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for helping us out in this uh, talk about sustainability. Thank you, Kyle. It was a pleasure.